0: السلام عليكم زينا لام السلام وعلي بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاه والسلام على رسول الله وعلى اله وصحبه ومن والاه اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد مفتاح باب رحمه الله عدد ما في علمي لا صلاه وسلام دائمين بدوام ملكه Wa والصحبه wa وله Allah Tibbil Wa tibb wa, 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 wa subhanahu wa ta'ala time and time again gives us an opportunity to draw near to him subhanahu wa ta'ala, to rectify what is past and the moments that we have misused or have lost and to inshallah ta'ala take advantage of the moment so that we can inshallah do something that will that be there for us and be a benefit to us in the next world and this is a great blessing from Allah ta'ala to have the moment and this is all we really have as a believer we have the moment what's happened in the past is gone And how much of the future will we experience is uncertain. What you and I have is the very moment that we're in. And what matters is our state of heart in that very moment. And our Prophet was very concerned about the state of his Ummah's heart in every single moment that they lived. And he taught us a dua because he recognized and he knew And was aware that Allah is the Muqallib al Qulub, that He is the one who oscillates the hearts, He is the one that turns the hearts, Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ya Muqallib al Qulub al Absar, Thabbit Qalbi ala Dinak, Ya Musarrif al Qulub al Absar, That Sarrif Qalbi ala Ta'atik, That O Turner of Hearts, that make my heart be firm, That upon your obedience, O You who that moves the hearts, That blessed me to always be in a state of obedience because the heart is termed the heart because it constantly fluctuates. It constantly oscillates and this is the way we are as human beings. We have ups and downs, we're happy sometimes, we're sad others, and we oftentimes get that burdened by some of the things that we might have done in the past, but we always have to remember No sin that we've ever committed, nothing that we we have done is too great for Allah to forgive. So actually we have to be very careful to let ourselves plunge into the depths too far without bringing ourselves back. Because we have to balance fear and hope. And no matter what we've done, the door of Tawbah, of repentance, is always open. As we just heard, that cleansing ourselves with the water of repentance what a beautiful way to express that. And our Lord knows very well our state. He knows our weaknesses. He knows the things that we struggle with. And as Ustad Mj was speaking, I was reminded of the lines, some of the lines in Chapter 2 of the Burda Sharifa. Chapter 1, essentially in the Burda, is, a, is setting the tone for the whole poem, which is essentially about love. And that the love for the chosen one, (laughs) sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But it's very interesting in chapter 2, is that it's titled, A Caution About the Whims of the Self. And this is why we have to remain in a broken state, and never make any claims. We don't know what is going to be the state of our heart when it really counts. And we have nowhere else to turn except to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he begins by saying, فَإِنَّ مِنْ جَهْلِهَا بِنَذِيرِ الشَّيْبِ My foolish, reckless self refused to heed the warning heralded by the onset of gray hair and old age. This is very eloquent in Arabic. نَذِيرِ shabi, And one of the meanings of وَجَاءَكُمُ Nadir in the Qur'an and the warner has come to you is when someone first starts to see gray hair. That first gray hair that pops up is an indication that, subhanAllah, you are going to die just as everyone before you also died. And then he goes on, It had not prepared any good deeds to properly welcome this guest who had turned up on my head unannounced. If I had known that I could not receive him with honor, I would have hidden my secret from him, would die. And then he starts talking about the nature of this nafs. Who can hold back my headstrong soul from the air of its way? Just as wild horses are restrained with bridles and reins. This is one of the metaphors of the soul is that it's like a wild, untamed horse. And for anyone that spent time around horses, that horses are not easy to tame unless you're a master and you know exactly what it is that you're doing. And I remember in the days of Mauritania seeing some of the horses that they had there and how those who would actually get the horses that then saddle them and then to be able to ride them had to know what they were doing. Because you'd have to approach the horse in a certain way or else it would just bolt. And these are relatively tame horses. What about a wild horse? Is it your nuffs? Is like a wild horse. You can imagine when you hop on a wild horse and then all of a sudden it bolts. And it's trying to do everything. Horses are smart. They know their rider. They know how to throw you. Sometimes they'll just go very quickly and start galloping. Other times that they will rear up. Other times they will start going and turn very quickly. There's a number of things that they will do to lose you. But we have to learn how to bridle our own unrestrained, untamed nafs and that pull back the reins. And the time that we invest doing that is some of the very best time of all that we spend. And then he goes on to say, that the self is like an infant. This is the other metaphor. It's like a child. If you neglect its proper care, it will grow up still loving to suckle. But once you wean it, it will be weaned. And so, this is the nature of the sub. Just as you see that child that's been nursed, and as it approaches two years old, if you are doing the full term of nursing, then you have to all of a sudden start weaning that child. And you have to find various techniques too that get that child used to not wanting to drink the milk of his or her mother. And this is the way that the nafs says, it doesn't want to be weaned. But, and this is the segue into the few words that we wanted to mention today, being weaned is not easy. Being weaned is not easy. And one of the things that we have to realize is that when you have teachers, ultimately your teachers want you to become spiritually mature. And at some point, just like the child with the mother or the child with the father, the child has to stand on its own two feet. And the child eventually has to then get married and to work And establish a family and hopefully have other children this is the way that it works and the that metaphor applies very closely to the spiritual path but it's not easy to be weaned and to grow mature and to learn from life and some people get tried very early in their life and a lot of people though that those trials come a little bit later and when you go through those trials this is they're there to really determine who you are going to be and oftentimes when you're around rightly guided teachers they will give you glad tidings and find ways of sharing with you from their inner sight what they hope that you can be that if you take this path very seriously this is one of the blessings of being around them but when they tell you those things, it doesn't mean that it's going to come easy. It doesn't mean that you're going to get it in the way that you want to get it. It could. It's going to come, insha'Allah ta'ala, but in the way that Allah wants it to come. At the time Allah wants it to come and how Allah wants it to come. And in this conversation, I'm speaking to myself. I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to my own self. And this is where... We hope that Allah will give us tawfiq yeah. to do what it is that we need to do to respond to those very tri- various trials and tribulations at the various stages of our life and a way that is pleasing to Him but one of the things that is really important for us always to remember the criterion for our success in this world is Far, far, far from what people really think it is. The vast majority of people, what they think success is, is very far from what success really is. And when was the last time someone of the dunya thought that someone went through all kinds of tribulations was a successful person? That's not the way people of dunya think. People of this world have their own criteria for what they consider to be success in this world. But, many of those people that go through very difficult circumstances. As a result, Allah ta ta'ala accepts them and not only removes from them the burden of their own sin, but raises them to high degrees that you don't ever know what they attain in this dunya because it doesn't manifest here, it only manifests in the next world. And the people of inner sight know that, but where are they? They're few and far between. And so we have to always remember this because sometimes shaitan will use this as a way to lead us astray whereas the religious perspective is one that allows us to approach life and even if we don't understand all of the details about why everything that's happening we know in general what we need to know and we maintain a good opinion of Allah regardless in hope that the result of whatever is happening to us will be in our favor and be good for us. And in that regard, you start to see how when we talk about Futua, this is not easy. Spiritual chivalry is a very lofty way, it is the way of the prophets, it is the way of the righteous. It's not something that we're going to get sitting back, leaning on a couch, and just indulging in life yes you need to relax and so forth and so on but we're only going to get this if we roll up our sleeves and we are willing to work hard for it because we have to be willing to give everything for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we have to be willing to sacrifice everything and there's degrees of course that people are willing to sacrifice but this next trait it states وَمِنَ الْفُتُوَّةِ أَلَّا يُشْغِلَ الْعَبْدُ عَنْ مَوْلَاهُ فِي طَلَبِهِ مَوَارِدِ Bala. It is from futuwa to not let anything distract one from his Lord and to bear tribulations on the path of seeking closeness to him. These are like aphorisms that are worded in a very precise subtle way. And the first part is fairly simple. Is it anything that shaghal, anything that distracts you or preoccupies you? They say that the sadiq, the one who's really on a spiritual path, is someone whose criterion for everything to do is very simple. Is that going to draw me nearer to, to Allah or not? If you have that criterion for making decisions, your decisions become very easy. It's very easy to avoid all shubuhat, all doubtful matters. And it's very easy to avoid much of what is even permissible with that criterion. And even though that's a lofty criterion, we should always remember it. Because in general, the scholars mentioned three other criteria. Three other criterion for any act that we do. Any act that you do, the very first thing that you have to do is weigh that act in the scale of the sacred law. What is the legal ruling of that act? And obviously, if it's permissible, you can do it. If it's not permissible and there's degrees of it being makruh or that unlawful then if it's makruh it's best to avoid it. you should avoid it because when you do something that's makruh it still brings darkness to the heart there's still veils that are there this is why we should strive to that uproot it from our lives but this is the first criterion the second criterion is if it's not a little bit unclear when it comes to the sacred law you imagine the righteous Is that something that the righteous would do or not? And this is the blessing of sohbah, of companionship. When you've been around good people, you imagine them, would they do that thing or not? And if you don't imagine them doing it, perhaps it's better to leave. And then the last criterion is very subtle. If if yourself inclines towards it, it tends to be maybe something that you should not do. But that's a very subtle one. You've got to be careful with that. Because that gets very advanced. But one of these other ways of looking at this whole thing is, as was mentioned, just simply bring to mind, this thing that I'm doing, is it something that I really need? Is it going to bring me closer to Allah? And, then, and if it's not, then find a replacement for it. Think about all of the wonderful things that Allah has made permissible that you can do that you can replace things that you have doubt about or that you know are a little bit harmful for you. Think about all of the things that you can do. There are many. And some at first seem boring if you're used to watching movies and playing video games and stuff like that. But if you cultivate that sense in yourself, you will actually find that to actually be very interesting, right? Things like reading, like hiking, things of this nature becomes very fun exploring new places and so forth and so on. Things that Allah Ta'ala has clearly permitted. So this time that we live in, we all know. We don't even need to repeat how much we're distracted by everything around us. This is the age of distraction. But look at this beautiful guidance that we have. is that we ch- should strive not to let things distract us. It doesn't mean that you, have you do that overnight, boom, cut everything out of your life. But little by little, let's start to remove some of the distractions. Let's at least start to think about the importance of not letting things distract us. And then little by little, little by little over a long period of time, when you start this process, and we should develop atomic habits, small things, start in small ways, just leave small little things, and then once you get the momentum, the way that you will then thrive as a result of living a life of meaning and doing things that are meaningful, you'll then want to continue the process, and keep removing distractions from your life, little by little, because those distractions will never fulfill you, on the contrary, they'll leave you empty, and we don't want to be left empty, we want to be Rich internally and we want to be full. Now the second th- part of this is the more difficult part. Bala La ilaha illallah, And this is roughly translated as that one be ready to bear tribulations. طلبه, on the path of seeking closest to Him. Literally Bala, all of these different ways that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tries you all these different tribulations that you speak, that you experience. And I wanted to quote a statement here. This is mentioned in Imam Ghazali's i Al Din. And he mentions this in the context of praising Imam Shafi and how even though he was a scholar that had a lot of outward knowledge, he was one of what Imam Ghazali calls of the ulama al Akhira, the scholars of the hereafter. And there was a companion that he had by the name of Abdul Qahir ibn Abdul Aziz. And they say about him that he was a Rajulan Salihan Wari'an. He was a righteous man who was very scrupulous in his religion. He took his religion very seriously. But look at the details of these narrations, these are golden. And Even though he was a very righteous man and very scrupulous, he used to ask Imam al-Shafi'i about very subtle questions that relate to wara, scrupulousness and what to do and what not to do. But Imam al-Shafi'i loved him and would, that was happy to spend time with him as a result of his religious state because he was a scrupulous man so this is what impressed imam shafi so look at these beautiful relationships this is what we need with our brothers and with our sisters this is what we need to have good relationships where we all benefit each other and we need to be humble we should benefit from our own children we should benefit from our students we should benefit from our colleagues let alone benefiting from people that are more knowledgeable than us and we should be happy Whatever way benefit comes to us, we should be happy. It's a blessing from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So this, he says to Imam Shafi one day, "What is best?" And he mentions three things: sabr, which is patience; mihna, which is to be in a state of tribulation; or Tamkeen, which could roughly—it's a type of uprightness—but it's to be firmly rooted and to be upright completely in every aspect of your deen. So Imam Shafi responded to this question, like, what a question. And you can tell a lot about a person by the question he asks. Because you're not going to ask an enlightened question unless your heart is enlightened. What do we think about? What is important to us? What are the types of questions we are asking? So Imam Shafi says, tamkeen, i.e., being firmly rooted in all of the stations of religion. He says, this is the darajat al anbiya. This is the degree of the prophets, meaning not that we can't attain it, but it's the highest degree of all that you can attain. And Imam al defines temkin in the ta'arifat as, where you are constantly in a state of uprightness. You are firmly rooted and established in the state of uprightness in all of your different states. And so he says this is the station of the prophets who we are required of course to follow. But he says you don't reach the stage of Tamkeen being firmly rooted until after mihna, after you've been tried. So you're, everyone's going to be tried. If you want to follow the way of the prophets you're going to be tried. And then after you're tried them تَحْنْ سَبَرُ If that once you're tried, you're patient. And patient doesn't just mean that you get afflicted with something, and okay, I'm patient, that's it. No. Right? Steadfastness for an extended period of time. It's not just in one instance. Yes, when it first strikes you, that's when it's most important to be patient, but it has to remain. It has to be our way. Patience is to the deen what the head is to the body ultimately, this is part and parcel of living in this world. We have to patiently endure everything that we experience for the meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he says, if one is tried and they're patient, through continuously being patient, if you're patient and you endure in that patience, Allah will make you upright and firmly establish you in every aspect of the deen. And then he goes on to say, do you not see that Allah tried Abraham alayhi salam, then he gave him Tamkeen, then he tried, Mos- and he tried Moses alayhi salam, and then he gave him Tamkeen, and he tried Ayyub alayhi salam, and he gave him Tamkeen. He tried Suriman, Solomon alayhi salam, and then gave him Tamkeen, and gave him also dominion, mulk. And he said in this Imam Shafi's words, Tamkin is of al darajat. It's the highest of degrees. And then he quotes the verse, "Wa kadadeka al which points to this meaning. This is how we established. But the word is mekenna. This is how we established Joseph in the land. And then he also mentions as well that so that this state of Tamkeen only comes after patiently enduring tests that come our way. But what a beautiful frame. Because if you're not aware of this, you might just be worried. Why is this happening to me? I don't know why this is happening to me. What do I do? You don't need to know whether the tribulation that is coming your way is a punishment. It could be. You don't need to know, though. You don't need to know whether it's a means just to raise you in degree. You don't need to know whether... It's an atonement, because it could be one of three things. A punishment, an atonement, or a means to raise you in degree. You don't need to know. What we need to do know is what, how it is that we need to respond to that particular tribulation that we are seeking. It's very easy to talk about, much more difficult to put into practice. So as we go through life, if we can remember this, it will position us, inshallah ta'ala, to that confront the tribulations that we are going through in a way that will allow us to be successful. We realize our weakness before Allah, and we don't want tribulation. And we ask Him, though, if He does try us, that our hearts be in a way and that is pleasing to Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in closing, there is a hadith that is narrated from the path of Ahl-Bayt, and it says that, إِذَا حَبَّ اللَّهُ عَبْدًا if Allah loves a servant, he will try him. فَإِن صَبَرَ ijtaba. And if he is patient, he will choose him. And if he's content, then he will select him. So there's a mentioning of, patient, of, of being tried. And if you're loved, beloved to Allah, he will try you. What a frame. And then if you're patient, he will choose you, and then if you are content, meaning contentment is beyond patience, then He will select you. Subhanahu wa Taala. May Allah ta'ala give us tawfiq, mm-hmm. and may Allah Taala that have mercy upon us, Ya Arhamar Rahmeen. Yeah. May Allah wa Ta'ala ward off from us all tribulations, but if we're tried, Ya Arhamar Rahmeen, bless us to be able to be able to respond to those tribulations in a way that is pleasing to you. Bless us to be patient, and bless us to be content with your decree, Ya Arhamar Rahmeen. And may Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala bless The love of him and his Prophet to be so strong in our hearts that everything that is that we face and as well as to have certitude such that everything that it is that we face is easy for us to get through and patiently waiting to meet our Lord (coughs) subhanahu (coughs) wa (coughs) ta'ala.